Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. And before we get into the message, I, I want to honor some very special people here, if that's okay with you. We've got some VIP honored guests. I don't do this very often, but the men and the women that work outside in the parking lot, set up, tear down. If you're in here, could you stand up? Anybody that's here, you do that any service, any weekend. Can we give a big, big, big hand to all those men and women that do all of that? Yes, because that doesn't just, you know, those flags don't just appear, right? Those cones don't just like, right? The angels don't come and set that up, amen? Parking lot doesn't get just cleaned, right, amen? No? Okay, I, I think it's pretty cool. And, and it, it's amazing to me that it's like snowing outside and they're there. And, and if it's raining, they're there. And, and sometimes, you know, used to, we, we started doing that years ago, just kind of as a way to try to welcome people. Because the reality is, is that if you're a guest at Life Church, you've already made a decision whether you're coming back before I ever get here to speak. So before I have the chance to offend you, you've already, you've already decided whether you're coming back or not. And that's because of, of the parking lot and the, and the ushers and the greeters and all the great people that you interact with as you're coming at, here at Life Church. And, uh, but a couple weeks ago, I was just, I thought, you know, it was after the nine o'clock service on Sunday morning. I'm just curious how full the parking lot is. And there was one row is about 30 stalls that were open. Everything else was relatively full. And I just thought, man, I remember praying. Uh, there was a bar that was here when we first got into this to, to here to the little storefront uh, 16, 17 years ago. And uh, the, the crowd on Saturday night, there would just be dozens and dozens of cars. And I just pray, oh God, one day that the number of cars that would be here at a weekend service would, would at least be that large, if not larger. And to see all that happen and all that, and then just all the coordination that goes on and with the teams and the connections and the crew and all that that happens. Thank you for those of you that work in that area and that you serve us, you serve the community, you serve God's kingdom. Uh, uh, so uh, nothing works out the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. Amen. Say that three times really fast into your neighbor. Go ahead. No, I'm just teasing. So anyhow, but I just want to say thank you for all of that. Today we're in uh, the third um, the third sermon, uh, our third installment, however you want to look at it, of this, of this four-week series. I hope you'll be back next week as we finish the series up on relationships and some assembly required. And so if you have your Bibles, don't you turn with me to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Uh, we're going to talk about necessary endings. We're talking about the good and goodbye. That goodbye, that the end of a relationship does not have to be something that is sinful or horrible or bad. Um, it, there's a good in it. And I'm not speaking to marriages. So don't like walk out of here today and go, honey, you know, <laughs> all good things must come to an end. And that's my, you know, no, 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 no. We're not talking about the, you know, in that. We're talking about in relationships outside of the covenant relationship of marriage till death do you part kind of a deal. We're talking about the relationships that you have with one another, the relationships that you have with business partners, the relationship that you have in, 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 in with friendships and, and even in the local church. And so, because it's, it's much easier to say hello than it is to say goodbye. If you're in HR or you're involved in management or hiring at all, you, you know this next statement is true as well. It's much easier to um, hire someone than it is to fire someone. Much more emotional energy is spent on 
the offboarding process than the onboarding process. And, and part of that is, is that there, there's, there's several reasons why that is. One is some of us deal with a certain amount of a fear of, of being alone. So if I say no to this relationship, if I sever this relationship, if I part myself from this relationship, I'm not talking about marriage, I'm talking about everything outside of that, uh, that friendship, that, that person that I've been close to all my life or, or whatever, um, I'm gonna be alone. There's a codependency. Sometimes we're okay with other people's junk. We're okay with, you know, they're like this and I'm like this and this just is what it is and this is what it's gonna be. And, and you kind of settle. And, um, instead, and, and, and that's not always healthy because sometimes it creates a lot of codependency that really creates some real issues uh, in people's lives. Because a lot of times it's the next thing that we don't really like is it's the fear of, of having to, to hurt someone's feelings. I don't wanna hurt somebody's feelings. I don't wanna be candid with them. Um, can I just tell you something? And I'm one of these weird people on the planet. I highly value candor. In my pers close personal relationships, I am not personally closely related with anyone that doesn't value candor. I, I, it's inauthenticity um, uh, and uh, someone acting like they're better than someone else, someone not being honest. Uh, those are just things that I, 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 it throws me into a tailspin. I, I the proverb says that wounds of a friend can be trusted. And I don't need somebody that's adversarial in my life. I don't need someone that's always pointing out my weaknesses in my life. I, I do a good enough job of that myself. But what I mean by that is someone that tells you, hey, your fly's down, you got mustard on your faith, you got spinach in your teeth. Those are people that love you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because most people, there's a few friends that you have that will let you do that because they want to see you embarrassed and they just think it's funny, right? And I know it's kind of junior high hijinks, but you probably have some friends that haven't left the eighth grade either. So, um, but then there, a lot of people, they see it, but they just, they don't want to be the one to say it. And I just go, the reason why you don't really want to be honest with someone else, it's not about them, it's about you. It's not that you're really worried about hurting their feelings. You just don't want to personally put yourself out there because that level of candor creates a certain amount of vulnerability that where you feel exposed. And none of us like to feel naked. None of us like to feel exposed. None of us like to feel vulnerable. Again, this is one of the reasons why if it was easy to be a Christ follower, everybody would do it. Because if you're going to have an active, hot, fresh, empowering, life-changing relationship with Jesus, you're going to have to enter into an intimacy that is far more vulnerable and far more open and far more transparent than anything you've ever had to do. And so sometimes we don't really wanna shut down a relationship. We'll tolerate a whole lot of stuff because we don't wanna put ourselves out there because we don't wanna hurt someone's feelings. We may be fearful of what, what other people may say or think. Who do you think you are? It's like crabs in a barrel. We're, you know, who, you, you know where you come from? You, you know, like you have friendships and relationships of people that are always trying to remind you of your past, always trying to remind you of who you were, never speaking to who you are or where you're going. And so it's, I don't wanna, maybe I'm not, you know, and, and so we do that. It, it, lack of emotional intelligence is another reason why I think sometimes we don't. It's, it's that inability to be able to really health, in a healthy way see myself and see someone else and see really what's happening, what's going on. And um, 
These are all, all reasons that, that we, we don't say goodbye. And I want to say to you today that you can say goodbye to relationships and still be godly. You can say goodbye today to some relationships and still be saved. You can have a ending to a relationship, even with people that attend the same church that you are, and still attend the same church. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked that question. I wanna show you in scripture. Now, let me say this. When we're working on this message this week, one of the things is, is the Bible is a collection. It's, it's a collection of stories. And I don't mean that stories like it's fictitious in a land far, far away or once upon a time, not that kind of a story, but it's a collection of historical narrative, biographical, sometimes autobiographical uh, stories and narratives that communicate. And these are real people. And so you could look, there are probably a dozen classics uh, from the relationship that David has with Jonathan and that, that relationship in, ends to the relationship that David has with Saul, which is somewhat very contentious and how he, he refuses to be a spear thrower in that relationship to uh, Lot and Abraham, who uh, this is an, an uncle and it's a nephew. And, and the Bible says that they were both so blessed and both so increased in their businesses that their, their workers that work for them began to fight with one another. And Abraham being the elder uh, said, it's not good that we that we uh, do it this way. So why don't you pick where you want to go and you go and God will bless you there and I'll pick where I want to go and God will bless me where I want it, where I'm going and, and I'll let you pick first. And let's, we, we need to separate ourselves. So, and on and on and on and on and on it goes. So I picked this particular one because again, I think it is, uh, it demonstrates in the body of Christ in a context we can all kind of get uh, in, in a way that, um, I think we can all kind of onboard with this and it's Paul and Barnabas. Now, both of these men are prolific figures in the New Testament. Both of these men are apostles, disciples. Uh, both of these men are, are viewed by the, the church and by the, 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 the church in the first century as, as being patriarchs of the church. Both of these men have large ministries and I'm just wanting to elevate both of them. You know more about Paul because he writes most of the New Testament on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but Barnabas would have been an equal counterpart to him in the first century. So the difference between these two guys, there's a lot of differences, but, but there's one major difference. They're two totally different, they're wired completely different. Paul is like triple A. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so if you look at, at, at like a, 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 a personality of cleric, uh, sanguine, melancholy, phlegmatic, Paul is like cleric, all caps, all bold, underlined multiple times. He is going to take hell on with a water gun. He's, he, he is going to go into the mouth of a lion. He, he is, he, he, you know, you're going to have to like kill him and he's still going to come back seven times over. I mean, that's just Paul. That's how he's wired. That's who he is. Barnabas, total opposite. He's much more phlegmatic. Uh, Barnabas is much, much more quiet. Barnabas is going to be the last person to speak in the conversation. Barnabas is going to be in the room, but when he speaks, people are going to listen, but he's going to be a lot less volatile. Uh, he's going to be a lot less um, uh, uh, on, the, on the more, you've got the manic side and the depressive side. He's going to be more on the depressed side of just, of just very, not bad, but just very much, just kind of calm. We're going to get through this. Uh, Barnabas kind of talks like this. I don't know because we don't have a recording of his voice, but I imagine, right? He just kind of, it's that. Barnabas is the guy that when everything is going nuts around you, you want to have around you. 
Barnabas is the guy that if, you're, if the plane's going down and you're all going to die, you want Barnabas there. If you have a chance of survival, you want Paul because Paul's going to find the way out and he'll live to die another day. Do you see what I'm saying? Two totally different people, both godly men, both very much empowered, both serving the same God, loving the same Jesus, but completely different. And they have a come to Jesus meeting. I mean, this is like... This is bigger than Rocky and Apollo Creed. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is like a, no one, 80s, Bueller, Bueller, anyone? Oh my goodness. There is such great theology in the Rocky movies. Let's work with this people. I can get into Star Wars and everything. Anyhow, so okay. You see this happening and we get a glimpse into this. Again, don't read the Bible with such like, oh, isn't it so wonderful? And everybody loves everybody. And, no, this, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have an espresso with these two guys because they both kind of centered their life in Italy. And so they, they drink espresso, at least in my mind they do. And so I'm going to have an espresso. And I want to know, like Barnabas, I want to know what Paul said. I, I want to know, I want to know, I wonder what his body language was like. I, 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 want, I want to know what his decibel level got to. I want to know, because they have a full blown come to Jesus meeting. Let's read it here. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in the towns where we preach the word of, of, the, of the Lord and see how they're doing. Again, these guys are connected in ministry together. They're working, they're doing life together. Verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. Some of them called him John Mark. Look at verse 38. Here's where it starts and the plot thickens. And Paul did not think it wise to take him. AKA, he thinks John Mark is just, is not fit for the kingdom because he had deserted them and he had not continued with them in their work. Verse 39, elevates even more. And such a sharp disagreement, guys, the sharp disagreement, somebody's yelling, throwing stuff. I mean, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm talking about? A sharp disagreement that they parted company. Two men that had done missionary journeys together, worked together, loved Jesus together. You go left, I'm going to go right. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas, Silas and left and commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syra and Cecilia, strengthening the churches there. Now, this is Luke writing this. So Luke might have been in the other room and overheard part of this disagreement, but he knew what was going on. Luke is one of the most detailed writers that we have. He writes the Gospel of Luke, he's a physician. He's meticulous in his detail. He's accurate in his description. He's very much, uh, uh, would be very objective in how he views things. So there's not a lot of subjectivity that you see in his writings. He is giving you the bare bones facts of what's happening. And, and so what, what totally happens is, is John Mark had been with them on an early missionary journey and basically left. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you kind of get Montezuma's revenge or you get nauseous and you, you know, you get the Delhi belly from if you're in Delhi, India or whatever, and you just get sick and you're kind of whatever. And you're just, oh, dear God, take me home now. If you've not gone on a mission trip, you don't know that. So, and some of you are thinking, that's why I don't want to go. I'm telling you, I bring pharmaceuticals with me, right? So I, they call me the doctor on trips because I've got more prescription drugs than you can, anyhow. So because I don't want to get sick. I don't, I, I don't want to do any of that stuff. But, but he got on this trip. He couldn't stomach it. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't do it. And basically he leaves them. When he leaves them, 
Barnabas, being this encourager, wants to step in and let's bring him along and let's, let's restore him, let's help him. Paul looks at him like he's worthless. He, he, he can't handle it. He can't stomach the seas. He, he can't handle the travel. He can't handle the accommodations. We're constantly gonna have to like, you know, uh, <laughs> drag him along and take care of him. And, and I, I need ministers, not ministries. And, and what I'm gonna do is spend my time instead of changing the world, I'm gonna have to change John Mark's diaper. That's really kind of how Paul views it. And Barnabas goes, I think you're completely out of your mind, Paul. He's calling to the ministry. There's a call in his life. He's a young man. Give him a second chance. And with Paul, there is no second chances. It's just how he works. It's how he rolls, how he operates. So who's wrong? Is Paul wrong or is, is Barnabas wrong? Neither. This is something that we have a hard time with in church. We, we want to say that, well, this is the right way or this is the perfect way. Or, I, I wish that everything, that there was no gray. It would make my life as a pastor so much easier. But the reality is, is the older I get, the fewer things that I hold on to that are live and die. The more the preferences in my life come out. I'd like for it to be this way. I think it should be this way. But here's what I know. There's central truths of God's word that I know this is it. We sang about it. You know, we, we, God the Father, the triune Godhead, the virgin birth, Jesus Christ is Lord. He, he died for our sins. We celebrate that and through communion and he's coming back to take us home because we're never going, because, because in Christ we never die. We live for eternity with Jesus in heaven. I mean, I, I know that, I believe that. But, but there are some things where we just don't know everything. Paul says that we know in part and we understand in part. But the reality is, is we want sometimes in the church that this is right and this is wrong. That's, problem, that's part of our problem with the world is because, we, well, first of all, we want the world to act like they're saved and they're never going to do that. And then secondly, we also want to, we, 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 we need these clear defined lines. Why? Because it's simple. It's easy. It's uncomplicated. The problem is, is that when you and I as humans and our flawed self entered into the picture with our jacked upness, which I just created a word, I understand that. When we enter into that picture, that's when things get complicated. So Paul's idea and Barnabas' idea can both be equally different and right at the same time. They're both serving the same God. They don't lose their salvation. God doesn't, there's nowhere in scripture where God chastises them for how they view things. So what do they do? They separate themselves. Paul says, I'm gonna go this way. And Barnabas says, I'm gonna go this way. They have an ending. They say goodbye, which is the healthy way to dissolve of the conflict is that I'm not going to be disagreeable. I'm not going to be adversarial. I'm not going to assassinate your character. I'm not going to sit in the corner with, with a cup of coffee and talk about what a fool you are or how stupid you are. I'm not going to run your name down to all the other employees at the business. I'm not going to talk about you at the PTA meeting. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to try to bring people to my side. Why do people do that? Because they're insecure. Because they think they're right. So this is like a po politic type of a deal. It's a poll. So if, you, if enough people agree with me, then that's right, Barnabas, I'm right. And you're wrong. They don't ever do that. They literally part company. Why? Because they understood that this relationship at this point in time has come to an end. And there's a couple of things that we see in this that I just think are great principles for us. Because here's the deal is, you are going to have relationships in your life, in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ that you're going to need to say goodbye to. 
And that's not bad. It's not wrong. It doesn't lack spirituality. Quite to the contrary, it's very godly. Because guess what? This side of eternity, all of us have a certain amount of flaw. All of us have a certain amount of error. None of us are righteous. No, not one, including yours truly. So how do you do that? What are the principles? Well, first of all, there are seasons in our lives will change. Seasons in your life will change. You have to understand you are constantly growing. You are constantly developing and or people around you are growing and developing. And everybody's growing and developing at different rates, at different paces, at different clips, at different RPMs. We're all wired differently and there's going to be change. I look back on messages that I preached in the first year that I was here. 17 years ago, and I just think to myself, oh my Lord, these people had to endure this. This is bad. And Tammy says, amen, I had to sit through and listen to it multiple times over. Is it that it was that bad? Don't answer that. Or is it that I've grown and changed? It's the latter. Now there were some bad messages, but, but, but and I don't mean like bad, like I was wrong, because I'm never wrong. I'm just teasing, I'm making sure you're awake. But it's that I've grown. And there's times you're gonna look back and you're gonna, make, you're gonna look at decisions that you made and you're gonna go, man, I would have made that decision differently. Man, I, I would have written that chapter differently. Man, I would have handled that a little differently. Why? Because you've grown, you've developed as an individual. If you can look back 10 years or 20 years in your life and go, wow, that was amazing. I'd have done that exactly the same. There's a few decisions like that. Hopefully your marriage is one of those decisions. And everybody said, amen. Good, that's a good answer. Um, but if you look back and you just go, no, I'd have done, the reality is, is that you probably aren't growing. And here's what's happening. You're growing and people around you are growing. You're changing, people around you are changing. And hopefully we all are growing and changing and becoming more and more like Jesus. And we're growing in our strength and our maturity. This is, Paul and Barnabas are tight, yet their relationship ends. Why? Because they, there's a growth thing that's happening here. Bottom line is Barnabas wants to see John, he sees the value in John Mark and his calling, not in a person, as a person, we're not talking about that, but in his calling in the ministry and wants to see that happen. Paul doesn't see him fit and worth spending time with. Barnabas sees the ROI and the relationship with John Mark as being high for the kingdom, Paul sees it very low, not even worth his time. So they split. Why? Growth, change, what's happening in their life. So in our life, in your life, people change. People around you change. Have you ever had a relationship and all of a sudden something happened? You went, I don't know really what happened, but they're, they're not even around. Like, would I do something? Did I say something? It may not be that you did or said anything. It may have been quite the opposite. They changed. Maybe not even for the good. The other thing is you're changing. So you sit there and kind of go, have you ever felt like I'm outgrowing a relationship? Well, you've got a decision at that point. You're either going to put a lid on yourself and not grow anymore, or you're going to take the lid off and keep growing. But what you're going to have to do is say goodbye to that relationship because it's just going to tether you. It's like having a boat with an engine, but you are moored, you are connected, you are roped into the, the dock. You're not going anywhere. You're, you're, it's pulling you, it's dragging you. There, there's, there's a friction that's there. It's not wrong, it's not bad. It's just the trajectory of your life and where you're going and what's, what's happening has changed. Sometimes there's sin issues that happen. Sometimes there is sin 
that comes into play where someone else has, has fallen away because they, they decided they don't want to follow Christ anymore or, or they're allowing some old sinful habits and, and behaviors to come into their life. And you know, you just can't go down that path. I, I have friends that, that, are, uh, that are ministers that are, you know, were alcoholics. And, and for years, they, they didn't go to restaurants with bars, which becomes pretty, pretty small places you can go to. Because they said, man, I, I can't, I am so attracted to that, that I, I, I can't even be around it. And so again, it's just, you've you got to do what's right. Is it right or, no, it's just, so, so are you saying I shouldn't go to Chili's and eat? No, I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm going to go have lunch today at a restaurant and, and they, they have a full service bar. I don't drink, but that's there. But, but that's not my vice and my issue, but it would be this person's. And so for them to say, no, Aaron, I can't go with you and say goodbye is not wrong or bad. It's what they're doing in their best interest in order to keep their relationship with Christ where it needs to be so they can continue to grow and prosper and develop. And for me to expect something else of them or to condemn them or to shame them for their decision is not healthy either. Because again, I'm not walking in their shoes. Ecclesiastes chapter three says that there's a time and a season for everything, every activity under the heavens. Change is inevitable. The second reason, the second principle that we see here with Paul and Barnabas, it's not always personal. Sometimes it's purpose. Saying goodbye is not always personal. Sometimes it's purpose. Sometimes the purpose of your life and the purpose of someone that maybe have been your best friend forever or been, or been someone that you've been connected to for a long time. And again, I'm not talking about marriage, but, or a business partner or a relationship or a friendship. It begins to change because your purpose is different. Let me show you this. Barnabas... His, there's a five-fold ministry gift that's given to the church. Barnabas is pastoral. That's his, pa he has a pastoring gift. It's what we would call pastoral care. He's the kind of guy that's gonna do counseling. He's the kind of guy that's gonna hold your hand. He's the kind of guy that's gonna talk to you. He's gonna be there in the hospital. He's, he, that's his gifting. If you know Pastor Jim at all, Jim Sukup on our staff, it's been here forever and a day. Jim is amazing at this. If I'm in the hospital, I want Jim to come see me. If I am sick or in trouble, I need Jim. Don't don't send Ryan. Ryan's going to do some diagnostic of what's going on. He's going to have data. He's going to show spreadsheets and these graphs and what's happening. And I want Jim, right? I want Jim. Here's the deal is that's Barnabas. That's who he is. That's his, that's how he views everything. He views everything through restoration. He views everything through, through development. He, he views everything. It's, it's not, there's no, it's not a hard science. It's soft science. It's people skills, high level of empathy. Paul, his of the fivefold ministry gifts is apostolic. If you know anything about apostolic leadership, it's about vision. It's, it's, he's on the 50th floor. He's at 30,000 feet. He is seeing the whole, the whole picture. He is the general that's leading and putting all this stuff together. And he's doing all this and he'll allow for all these other things to happen because he knows Barnabas will clean it up. But his job is to advance the kingdom forward. It's this big picture, big mindset. It's macro in its view, as opposed to Barnabas who is micro very much to the individual in the view. Paul would walk up and say, I don't know, what, what's your name again? I know we've met six times, but what's your name again? Great. Here's what I need you to go do. Barnabas is going to walk up and say, hey, how are you doing? He's going to call your wife by name and all your kids by name and your dog and the cat that died three years ago. How, how are you doing? He's going to be that kind of a guy. Paul isn't even going to remember your name because we got to go charge hell with a water gun. When we get to heaven, we'll sit and talk and have fun. But right now we, we, we need to go just win these people for Jesus. So their purpose sends them in two different directions. 
Paul's purpose, if Paul is not hard charging, the gospel to the Gentiles and busting through that doesn't happen. Paul is so type A, sleep very little and go, 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 that he writes most of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Barnabas doesn't write a single book. Is Barnabas less than? No, he's different. Equal value, different function. And sometimes we look and if you're Paul, you wonder why everybody can't be Paul. And if you're Barnabas, you wonder why everybody can't be Barnabas. And the problem with that is, is that there's five full ministry gifts given to the church. And so people in your businesses, in your organizations, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your fa family, they're all created different. You have kids, you have four kids, they're all gonna be radically different from each other. Same mom, same dad. Oh, dear God, what happened? Nothing, they're just different. The number three is always the terror, amen? No, so I'm just teasing. So, right, so I'm just saying like, it's just one of those. And so what happens is, is that sometimes what drives it, it's your purpose in life. Paul, his entire life is about conquest, about taking ground for the kingdom of God, about radically advancing. Barnabas is about restoration and counsel. Just empathy and kindness. You need both. This is not an attention to be eradicated or to be erased, but rather to be managed. In the local church, I need Pauls that are willing to take on hell with a water gun. But I need Barnabases that are willing to kind of lovingly, caringly walk around and say, how are you doing and what's going on? And how can we help you? And what about the cat that died three years ago? I don't even like cats, but they do, right? Do you understand? Different because of purpose. So it's not always personal. It's how the body of Christ works. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you see we're one body, but multiple parts. Maybe you're a toe, maybe you're an elbow, maybe you're an armpit, I don't know. But we all can't be the same. And that's good. Can I just tell you that? That's good. We need to give people more grace. We need to give people more, 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 more room to, to be themselves and to, and to do that. Because again, it's not personal, it's purpose. Paul is never, if you read any of like Marcus Buckingham's work on this, Strength Finders, and, 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 and Paul is never going to be good at losing. He is never, ever, ever, ever going to like to lose. Barnabas is going to be okay with it because everybody wins in Barnabas' world. You need both. You need both in your life, in the church, and what's going on. The last statement I wanna make that, that we see here with this, this, inter, this interchange between uh, Paul and Barnabas is that you can end a relationship and still be godly. You can end a relationship and still be godly. Sometimes God will allow relationships to end permanently for our own good. Maybe because there's sin or there's abuse or there's something that happens. But there are times where God will allow for things to to end for a season and then, and then come back. But you have to allow God to do that. Um, in Paul and Barnabas's case, we have multiple times throughout the New Testament where we see that, that Barnabas does indeed restore John Mark. Paul does indeed see the work that Barnabas has done and encourages Barnabas and commends Barnabas for what he's done and validates the ministry of John Mark. 
Paul never says in chapter and verse, I was wrong, I am sorry. Again, it's his personality. But in so many words, reconciles that relationship. And we know that Paul and Barnabas, they both work together in the, in the ministry. But you never see them assassinate one another's character. You never see them gossip. You never see them sabotage. You never see them trying to get anybody to their side. Because if it, if it had happened that way, it would have said it. It would have talked about it. Quite frankly, um, I think Paul wouldn't have been, been the person that God would have used to, to write most of the New Testament because there would have been, it, he wouldn't have been a, a conduit uh, that would have been in a right relationship in order to do that. Because the great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbors yourself. So in order for Paul to be someone that God could use to do that, he's gonna have to be efficient and effective in both of those areas. You don't see that. You just see two men that disagree and they part ways. And over time, they come back around and they come to agreement and they go and they move forward. This is really, 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 really important to get. Because whether you're working a job, whether you have friendships, whether you're in the church, there are gonna be times that you're going to disagree sharply with someone over something. And how you handle that becomes imperative of how you get to step into the next segment of your relationships in your life or the lack thereof. I do not think if you don't handle the ending of one relationship, God doesn't bless the beginning of another relationship. I have to handle this correctly in order to move to this, to, to be what God's called me to be. Business, personal, doesn't matter. I was a youth pastor and uh, I youth pastored several places, so I'll just leave it there. And was getting ready to, uh, we had resigned and we were getting ready to take another position and move to a different place. And, and the relationship that I'd had with this particular senior pastor was very contentious, uh, very contentious. And uh, I had smiled and, and made sure things were good in front of everybody and blah, 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 blah. But inside I was just, because <sighs> again, I'm hardwired like triple A. Like that's just how, it's just how I'm wired. I've all, always been this way. And I have a real big deal on justice and what's right and, and all of that. And, and especially in my, in my 20s, oh dear God, in my 20s, everybody was going to hell except for me. And so it was just, I'm being facetious a little bit, but I mean, just, it was, and I remember that last weekend I was there. So it was the last day of my job in front of everybody. That's the weird thing about ministry is that you're doing your life and your job in front of a whole bunch of people that is your church too. And so your boss is your pastor. It's just, it's just a weird deal. And um, this guy had brought me in the office that morning and just chewed my rear end from one side. to I mean, just laid into me. And I'm thinking, what? I'm, I'm leaving. Like, this is it. The U-Haul is packed. I am gone. And every part of me just wanted to, <sighs> again, I, fight or flight, I'm a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but you back in a woman in a corner, she's going to come out fighting. You know what I'm talking about? Like I, at some point it's on like Donkey Kong. And I just was like, and I remember I was so upset. I went to lunch and Tammy's trying to calm me down. I'm like, no, this isn't right. And, and da, 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 da. And I thought, I'm going to tell this church, I'm going to tell these people what this guy is. Totally stupid. Again, I'm in my 20s. I went to a senior person on the staff who is in his 50s. He gave me some great advice. 
I just said, I this happened this morning, this is going on, and da-da-da-da-da. And he just listened to me, and he looked at me, and he looked at his watch, and he said, uh, Aaron, we got church tonight at 6 o'clock. Yeah. And they're going to do a reception for you. Yeah. And then you're done. So at 8 o'clock, you're done. Yeah. But you don't listen to me. This is why I go, no, 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 no. He said, it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, five hours from now, five hours from now, you're done. I said, yeah. He said, son, let me give you some advice. Shut your mouth and smile for the next five hours. Don't say a word. Because you can do anything for five hours. And then you're done. You never have to come back here again. You don't have to see him again. You don't have to deal with him again. You're done. But I promise you, if you do what you're about to do, it's not going to end in five hours. It's going to be for the rest of your life, you're going to live with a regret because you're not handling this right. Because you're not right. Say goodbye. God's opened up another door, another opportunity, another place. He's blessed that. Go and do that and end well. The people are not going to benefit from your frustration. You're not going to benefit from your frustration. The pastor's not going to benefit from your frustration. The only person that wins in this equation is the enemy that wants to try to drive division and disunity. Because what the guy was doing wasn't immoral, legal, or sinful. It just, it was a, it was a personality clash. And of course, I'm, my fight's like, but, and he goes, don't butt me. I'm telling you, keep your mouth shut and smile for the next five hours. Pat me on the back and he said, it's time for you to go, son. I need to watch some, I don't know what he's watching on TV. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm so thankful. I could call the guy's name right now. I could take you to his house where he lives. He didn't save the church or save the pastor. He saved me and taught me a valuable lesson about how you can say goodbye and part ways. Because that pastor that I worked for, my paths has crossed his multiple times over the course of ministry. Because you don't wanna burn bridges. It's a very small world. You need people two times in your life, on your way up and on your way down, amen? And, and you, there's only so many bridges and you don't wanna, you don't wanna burn those bridges. And because I handled that correctly, that individual's asked me to come back to speak. That individual has been kind to me. We're Facebook friends, <laughs> right? And what I realized is that I was operating in a ton of immaturity. And thank God for spiritual wisdom that came from just saying, you can disagree without being disagreeable. You can say goodbye without it being bad and we still be godly. My feelings changed at that moment? Nope. But what happened is I was able to separate that relationship in that relationship in a healthy manner. And I thank God every time I think of that encounter, I can go back to it emotionally. I thank God for that man who stepped in and gave me godly wisdom. He was a Barnabas. Godly wisdom to how to deal with this young Paul-like personality for the sake of the kingdom and for me. Good and goodbye. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you today for your people. I thank you today, Lord, that you speak practically in our lives.
And so when we're talking about relationships, they don't just automatically happen. They don't just fall into place. There are times where there's frustration. There's times where there's legitimate concern. But Lord, when we do it your way, you bring us through the process. You teach us what we need to know. You deal with the issue and your kingdom is advanced because we've done it the right way. Help us today with each other, in our neighborhoods, with the people we are around and that we work with to walk out this relational value and to do it the right way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.